The book of Revelation is maybe one of the most unique books in all of sacred scripture. It's full of apocalyptic imagery and literature. So many symbols, images, and allegories fill its pages. It's a book that, because of this, can very easily be misunderstood and very easily be misinterpreted. As I often tell people, it's important that if you're going to read through the book of Revelation, to have maybe a scripture commentary uh, readily at hand uh, to assist you. As we would sometimes say in seminary, friends don't let friends read Revelation alone. Uh, sometimes that can be the difference between being St. Jerome, the great leader of sacred scripture, and the leader of a cult. Uh, sometimes that's literally the difference in reading Revelation, having a proper understanding of its many allegories and images. But in today's second reading, brothers and sisters, we maybe get one of the more tangible and accessible images in the book of Revelation. We hear St. John, the writer of the book of Revelation, say, I saw a new Jerusalem prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who is this bride, the new Jerusalem? And who is this bridegroom that she is prepared to meet? Of course, brothers and sisters, the bridegroom is Christ. And the bride is the church. That image of Jerusalem always symbolizes the people of Israel. But as we know, the church is the new Jerusalem, the new people of God. The new Israel, God's people, you could say, brought to completion. Christ and the church are who St. John is talking about in this second reading. They are wedded together, a marriage of heavenly realities. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, describes how Christ and his bride, the church, love each other selflessly, giving of themselves for each other, a bond that is truly cemented on the cross. This relationship of Christ and his church between God and us is one of nuptials. It is the love of marriage woven into history and written into our very bodies. More than any other image, the Bible uses marriage to illustrate the beauty and depth of divine love, of how God loves us, And we are called to love him. And so in the book of Revelation, we're given this image of a wedding feast. The wedding feast of the Lamb. The heavenly wedding banquet where Christ and his bride are united in full. We know that from the beginning of time, brothers and sisters, there has never been a moment where the entire body of Christ, every single member, has been physically together in one place glorifying God. Some are in purgatory. Others are here on earth, of course, that would be us, and others are right now in heaven, not fully united. Sure, at Mass, we are all together spiritually. We are spiritually united together, but if you wanted to get everybody physically together, we would not be able to do that right now. The church is maybe divided between the church militant on earth, the church suffering in purgatory, and the church triumphant in heaven. But at the end of time, brothers and sisters, As Revelation describes to us, in heaven there will only be the church triumphant. There won't be anybody left on earth and there won't be anybody left in purgatory. We will all be there glorifying God. It is the church in its entirety along with her bridegroom Christ. 
fully united for the very first time. This image in our second reading today from Revelation is that beautiful moment of reunification. The bride coming forth to meet her groom, magnificently adorned and radiant in beauty. In heaven, that bride, the church, will be fully alive, fully pure and fully perfect, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. It will be the church in splendor, as St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, as we know, brothers and sisters, we don't have this reality right now because we are still here on earth having to fight that good fight against sin and sometimes struggling to do so. And those in purgatory are, of course, still being purified from sinful attachments. But in heaven, brothers and sisters, all of those things will be wiped away. It is the risen Christ who has prepared a place for his bride in the new creation of heaven. And now in this moment in our second reading, she comes to live with him forever. This heavenly marriage of Christ and his church is also the exemplar for all marriage on this earth. Every married couple should seek to emulate what we behold in today's second reading. Loving freely, faithfully, totally and fruitfully, just as Christ and the church love each other. Freely giving of themselves, freely choosing to love, faithful to the very end, forsaking all others and loving with an undivided heart. Total gift of self, holding no part of our lives back from that equation of love. And fruitful, bearing new life for the world. It's a beautiful image that we use in the church of the newly baptized as the offspring of that marriage of Christ and his church. The fruit that their love bears in our world even today. It's why we know that marriage is as a sacrament more than just a piece of paper. It is meant to show that love of Christ and his church, and it is meant to make that invisible love visible to others and to the world as a whole. It's why the church considers marriage to be so important. It's an image of how God loves us and how we are called to love him. And if we get marriage wrong on this earth, then we're going to get that marriage wrong too. If we don't understand what marriage is on this earth, we're not going to understand that, that nuptial union in heaven. That relationship of giving and receiving. The complementarity of husband and wife. The love of Christ and his church has all of these things. But more than that, that relationship has them in their fullness. And in their entirety. Finally, this passage from Revelation concludes with the words, Behold, I make all things new. A prayer, I think, that is apropos for talking about marriage. Whether it's a marriage that is struggling, a marriage in need of God's presence, or even to our world that struggles to understand what marriage is, we need the nuptial love of Christ and his church now more than ever. It is his love that renews hearts, heals relationships, and restores love where it has been lost. So may we take inspiration from this image of Jesus and the church the bridegroom and the bride, that we may always know of Jesus' radical love for us, his beloved, and that his nuptial bond might be the touchstone of all our earthly relationships and marriages 
in particular.